Hey everyone, Joe Batanz from RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Well, we did it. Uh, you guys, thank you so much. Uh, you broke the stream. And as I promised, I said, if you guys break the stream, then I will release the entire episode, the Eureka O'Hara Pride 48 special episode on the feed. So if you're listening to this in your podcast app, then you know that the stream was broken. Actually, it was kind of a problem uh, because the the audience, uh, we had a huge turnout. They missed the first uh, 10 to 15 minutes of the show, and then they just we just cut in. Because here's the thing is Taylor and I anticipated that the, that the stream might break from the load of everyone trying to listen. So we came up with a contingency plan in case it didn't. So uh, because we had limited time with Eureka, we didn't want to waste it trying to get back on the stream. So we just started recording the show as if it were live. We mention it in the recording. You're going to hear it right now. But we started recording the show as if it were live. And then what happened was people who were listening live, it just sort of popped up. We just came up, you know. But now you get to hear those missing 10 or so minutes that weren't on the air um, as we tried to fix the stream or get on the stream. So what you're going to hear right now is the entire episode. I recorded a very special introduction for the show, then uh, the show starts and we get to Eureka right away. Now, I will say you're not going to hear me very much in the first 10 minutes because I was dealing with the technical side of things. And so Taylor drove the engine of the show. So big props for Taylor for being such a pro that while I was dealing with the technical side of things, he was uh, handling the show, talking to Eureka, asking the questions. And I jumped in finally when, when it was all settled and uh, we were back on the stream. So, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoy this. And here we go. So here it is. Uncut. The full episode. Eureka O'Hara on Pride48.com. Greetings, Pride48. My name's Joe Batanz from the podcast RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. What's yours? Yes, I have a co-host. Yes, his name's Taylor the Latte Boy. Say hi, Taylor. Hello, Joe. That's enough. You see, we don't have a lot of time for a small talk today. Eureka Harris on the show, and frankly, there's a matter I've been meaning to bring to your attention. It concerns RuPaul, and I don't know if you've noticed it, but we need to have a conversation with her outer saboteur. Wait, 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 Are you ready? God damn it, move! Are you ready? 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 Ru's makeup was terrible. Ru's makeup was terrible. Ru's makeup was terrible. Ru's makeup was terrible. Hire Matthew back today. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Ru's makeup was terrible, terrible, terrible. Ru's makeup was terrible, terrible, terrible. Ru's makeup was terrible. Hire Matthew back today. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Sp- Pride 48 Special Edition. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined 
as always, by one amazing co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say hello to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hi, Taylor. Why are you not hearing me, Taylor? Uh, I can hear you. Oh, oh okay. You can hear me. Um, okay. Well, Taylor, <laughs> I know. Look, we're, we're plagued. You know, this is a good sign here, but we're plagued with issues now. And uh, because, and this is, I mean, I guess this is a good problem to have, but because we have our very special guest, uh, why don't we just bring her on right now, from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9, and the future winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10, all hail, Eureka O'Hara. Hey, uh, honey boo, I don't know about that, you better knock on wood, honey, knock on glass and save some ass, bro, because ain't nobody thinks to me for Season 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, girl, I mean, I, you came off so strongly uh, on season nine that I can't see a, a, a way that, I mean, I think you're, if anything, we can say this. You're going to go very, very far. I predict it. Count on it. Well, honey, I hope that you're a sidekick, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. We want, to, we want to thank you very much for being on. We know that you're very busy, especially this weekend with the finale having just aired and everything that's gone on. You know, just, just there's, been a, there's been a lot going on with the season and and I understand you're just getting home from a tour. You were telling that right before we, we before we started taping. Yeah, it's been crazy. I'm having such an amazing time though, but it's so exhausting and hectic. But I'm just spreading my big ass all across the world, honey. <laughs> where where is your your favorite place that you've been in the last month on tour? Um, Hawaii. It was amazing. The people were incredible, and it, even though it was hot, it was still like I don't know. It, it's truly paradise. It's paradise. Okay, yeah, I, I I live in Florida and Joe lives in California, so we're used to sort of that paradise type thing. But Hawaii is one of those places that I would absolutely love to go one day. Oh, girl, I got me some Samoan ding dong, honey. I was too ready. <laughs> Wait, did you really? <laughs> so, Joe, you're getting ready to ask a question. Never mind, Joe is Joe is we're trying to work out our technical issues. So, um, speaking of because this weekend was the finale, which was uh, I, I thought an amazing finale. I wanted to talk with you specifically about that beautiful dress. The dress that you wore coming out on the runway, I, I want to know. I, I want to know about that dress just because it's definitely it was it was a conversation starter. It was a it was be- it fit you beautifully, and I loved that headdress. Could you talk a little bit about that dress and what came into the creation of that? And 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 I'm particularly interested in what was that headdress made of? Yeah, absolutely. I have an incredible designer that's based out of Kentucky, actually named Patrick Howell. Um, and Patrick Designs, and he does so many beautiful um, creations for me. He made, like, my Lady Gaga runway, the black and white. He made my um, finale or reunion outfit, the black and white for it as well. And he made that um, headdress. He used to be a mascot costume creator, so he worked in a mascot costume house. So when I wanted to do something like that, I knew he was the one to contact. Um, I'm known kind of as like the hashtag elephant queen. It's something that I've adopted because I'm obsessed with elephants. I have so many that I collect. So my drag kids started calling me the elephant queen, and it's just kind of stuck. I was in an interview for the commercial for Drag Race, and they were like, you know, tell us a little bit about you. Like, And I was just shooting off dumb stuff and was like, you know, girl, I'm just serving you big old elephant queen realness. And they were like, oh, my God, that's golden. So it's just kind of stuck. So I was like, I wanted to give you hashtag elephant queen couture plus 
with everything that happened with my injury, um, I feel like at all of the events, I'm almost like the elephant in the room. So without a pun, there's absolutely no fun, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've watched the runway walk because for our, we're going to do a show specifically to the finale, probably in a day or two though. Not that we don't have questions for you, but I I've watched yeah. the runway looks a bunch of times and yours was if not my favorite, definitely one of like my top two or three favorite that when you came out, I I had seen some of the pictures that Joe had posted um, from when you interviewed you on the red carpet. But uh-huh. when you came out in that and I could see it in HD, I was just, I was blown away. It was absolutely amazing. Oh, that liquid sequin was so beautiful with the beadwork that you did. And um, it just, it was incredible. I felt like a million dollars because I felt like me, you know, I like to go above and beyond and just kind of wacky, but still fierce. You know, that's who I am as a character. Mm-hmm. So that's really where it stems from. So tell me a little bit, you mentioned the character. Tell me a little bit about the origins of Eureka. I really want to know where she came from, how you, how you began in drag. Where, where did, where did this all start for you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it kind of always with this character that was inside of me because I grew up with three women and I always was a misunderstanding of why I had to have boy toys and I always wanted to dress them up and do their makeup and do everything female. So when I came across drag to begin with, um, this character just kind of released that always wanted to be as far as it was inside me, like, you know, that wanted to do makeup and hair and be a diva, fun and loud and, um, it's just become a celebration of who I am and my size, and I'm able to use something that's fun and creative to also live a platform I want to push, which is body positivity and showing people that you can be happy no matter your size and you can, you know, feel sexy too. Like, I love, you know, showing people I might be big as hell, but I'm a big-ass sexy, baddest bitch, uranium realness, elephant queen, cunt, fabulosity, et cetera. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you remember... Yeah. Um, you know, I remember growing up, there were definitely, they would show men in drag or they would have drag queens on TV shows and, but it was always done sort of for, it was almost like a punchline or a comedic effect. And it wasn't until later on, like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you are, but movies like the adventures of Priscilla and stuff like that, where you were, there was more well-rounded characterization around drag queens. Who were some of your inspirations from when you were maybe when you were a little boy that you would see and say, Oh, I, he, she's so pretty, but she's also a man. I want to be like that one day. Yeah. I mean, I just remember seeing people on like Queens on Ricky Lake and Maury and Jerry Springer, like Dina Cass and Shelby Fox and um, Erica Andrews and these like, female impersonators or female illusionists, like, oh, that's a man, Maury, those episodes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It always was very intriguing. Um, and then I came across a local queen where I was from who is a former Miss Gay Youth at large. So she's a big, very glamorous dancing queen. And when I saw her, I was just like, oh, my God, I know I can do that, you know? And, and I was like, I've got to try. And I did. I went out and did a talent show. But girl, I was so nervous. I went out with my purse and I stayed in one little spot. Mm-hmm. But the crowd cheered me on anyway. And it just made me realize, like, this is really positive and it's fun. It's something I want to try to pursue. And who knew I'd be, like, on TV and have a career with it. That's so it amazing. Kind of crazy. Do you remember the first song that you performed to? Yeah, it was Fergie's Pedestal. It was, like, one of Fergie's first, like, little single CDs. Okay. And it was her first single called Pedestal. Um and it was like, the pedestal is falling down, falling down, falling down. And girl, I was in one little spot. I wasn't falling nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so how long ago was that? 
approximately. I've, I've been doing drag almost eight years now, like roughly eight years. That's okay. weird, but yeah. So, and you you are stationed. Pr- oh, I'm sorry, you're stationed primarily out of Tennessee, correct? Yeah, I live in Tennessee. My home is there. My family's here, um, and. Yeah, Tennessee, oh, East Tennessee, honey, small town gal, rags to riches story, you know, single mom, mm-hmm. um, fun loving. So her name's actually Eureka. So that's where I got my name from, too. I was very inspired by my mother. I was going to ask the origins of your name so that 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 dot, you're getting ahead of me. You're asking, you're answering questions. You're so good. You're answering questions before I even ask them. So I'm interviewing myself. It's so bad. <laughs> so, okay. So. Um, you said eight years ago was when you really started doing drag, and that's really when you started to see Drag Race take off. How long was it before you auditioned, and how many times have you auditioned before getting on the show? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I remember seeing the very first season of Drag Race. It was before I started doing drag myself, but mm-hmm. I was involved in drag. Like, I helped drag queens because I really enjoyed it. Um, and I auditioned about four years into the show, so I've auditioned the last four years. This was my fourth year auditioning, okay. and I got a call back. So now h- how many times was it before um, or, or how many times do, do you go through that audition process before you actually that you get the final call? I mean, I know you submit the video, obviously, but then is it where they do like a follow up interview? And then how many times does it go through before you get the phone call saying, congratulations, you're on season nine? Yeah, you have like um, the process was really weird. It was the first year I really had a lot of feedback after submitting my tape and um I got, you know, I had a, a, an interview call and then I had another interview call and then I didn't hear nothing for like a month. And then, so I was like, oh, I guess I didn't make it on, you know. Um, and the next thing you know, I was getting calls and they're like, um, hey, uh, we just wanted to call and tell you that we cast you for RuPaul's Drag Race season nine. And I was like, y'all are liars. Are you talking to me? Who is this? You know what I mean? Like, it was very bad. Um, so I'd say like it took a few months of processing, I think, if I remember correctly. Okay. And then how long is it from the time that you get the phone call till they say you're okay, we, we need you out on the set on this day? Is it a couple of months? Is it a couple of weeks? What What's that process? Like? Oh, no, baby. When they tell you that you made the show, you get a list the next day and you fly out two weeks later. Wow. So, so you, so you yeah. pretty much have a two week turnaround from realizing when you're on the show until mm-hmm. that's incredible. That's incredible. And that's going to be a follow-up question for later on for me. I have another question for you, but we'll wait till a little bit later. Uh Now, Eureka, let me jump in here. I I asked a question. I was dealing with technical issues because you broke our stream, girl. I think we might be on the air. We Uh, are. Okay, we we are. are. Thank you. Oh, shit. Uh, Hi, air. How are you all? I know, girl. You're like Kim Kardashian breaking the internet. Um, My booty was that big. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this question. I'm going to be more nerdy. So when you were there in the workroom and Gaga walks in, how long did it take for you to clock? Oh shit. That's fucking Lady Gaga. Well, I'm one of those people where I don't believe nothing until it's proven. And I, I just swore that was some little, you know, gay boy that was a fierce, you know, Derek Berry of the season. And I just did not believe it until she was holding my shoulder. And I remember Charlie looked at her and was like, um, is it your boyfriend from New Jersey? And she was like, I knew you'd be the one that got it, darling. And she took her mask <laughs> off, and bitch, I lost my <gasps> motherfucking mind. <laughs> oh wait, why didn't they? Oh, why didn't I they show that? that? Hello, Eureka. Hello. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Well, I wonder why they didn't show that moment. It's so good. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's honestly the first episode. There was so much they had to try to fit, you know, because um, we had an extremely long day with Gaga, and we were, and they tried to show all the best parts. But honey, at least they, you know, of course they showed me ugly crying. 
for. <laughs> so that, that showed the best part, Trev. Um, so, okay, Taylor, you have more questions? I don't want to take over your time here. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, so obviously you, you, you met all the queens. You met all your contestants um, or your fellow competitors. Uh, one question I have is the psychology of that is that, you know, you guys are all, you're the only people that will ever be in season nine of Drag Race. And I, I would hope that on some level there is a bonding that goes between all of you. And, and I know there's, there's tension with some of the queens and some queens will probably never get along, but some queens, there is, that, there is that bond. How long is it before you start either feeling and or seeing the bond between the queens? Is it within the first day or two? Is it, is it a couple of weeks? What is, when do you start realizing that experience? You know, I think there's two sides to that. The first side is that there are going to be certain people that you immediately connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that was people like Pheromone, Nina Bonina Brown, um, Sasha Valore, Valentina. Those were people I, I kind of immediately connected with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout the process, especially after filming is complete, we literally only have our little group of people to communicate with. And when we're doing the commercial shoots and all this, it's this huge secret. And when we have to deal with You know, there are some negativities from our our communities because they want to know so desperately. There's also stress of, like, trying to keep it quiet. and It's such an exciting thing that you want to talk about. So we had a group message where we all would communicate, and when we were all going through something or um, some type of turmoil in our lives, there were a few things that happened to a couple of the girls that were, you know, life-changing and altering. And Mm -hmm. we were there for each other because we were all we have. So I think it's just... You know, regardless of who gets along specifically with who, um, about 90% of us, you know, were very communicative and, um, you know, connected because we only had each other. Yeah. Now, Eureka and Taylor, I don't know if you're ready here. Now that we're on the air and everyone obviously is so excited for you to be here, are there any questions from the chat room, Taylor, that way we can ask Eureka? Um, There is a question that I had noticed a little while ago, but I... um... It, it, there's been a lot of talking while we were trying to figure things out, but it actually was a question that I had, and it re- relates specifically to the finale. At one scene, it, I think it was after um, Shay and Sasha performed, there was a shot of you crying, and I'm curious as to yeah. what was going on in that moment for you that you that you were feeling so emotional. No, no pun yeah, there. That, no, no, I know that is hilarious because you said so emotional. That's the flag I got at. Click clack. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Um, well, honestly, um, I don't know if you know, you probably know a little of the backstory with Sasha. Her mother passed away to cancer. And, um, you know, with the number, I could feel her emotion regarding the fact that it was her and her best friend from the show lip syncing. Also, I felt like the rose petals were a representation of the love that she felt in her life and lost. And if you know Sasha, like I do intimately since the show, um, you know how connected she is to everything she does. So you can just, you already knew what she was referencing in mm-hmm. my heart. And uh, my mother actually was diagnosed with throat cancer as soon as the show was announced. So I've been dealing with oh her God. going through chemo and radiation through this process. And it's been very hard to see such a strong woman that I emulate myself after struggling and trying to deal with, you know, chemo and radiation, which is very rough thing. But, um, so I connected with her in that moment, you know, and I was already sad because my mom couldn't be there and I know she really wanted to be there. And, um, you know, I don't know. So I connected with her in a different way. So I just lost my shit. <laughs> okay. lost and that's, and that's okay. Thank, thank you. How is your mom doing now? 
Um, she's doing okay. She's struggling as far as, you know, she's being pumped with poison in her body to get the other poison out. So it's, it's a rough process, chemo and radiation is. But she's one of the strongest Amazonian women I know. And I have amazing sisters that are working so hard to take care of her. And I'm blessed with this opportunity as far as drug rates. Because without making the money that I'm making, I wouldn't be able to really help financially like she's needed. So it's just weird how everything works out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but she's she's doing good. She's doing very good, and high hope. Good. No, you know, not to take a hard left here, Eureka. There's something I've been wondering about. It's actually kind no, of fine. it's been kind of bothering me the whole season. But do you remember when it's one of the most you know famous uh, moments in the show was when. Um, you were in the workroom and you made a joke about uh, a body issue joke, and I'm not going to get too into it, but you and Sasha got into it. And I remember the whole time thinking, now maybe this did happen and they edited it out, but as a big, as a fellow big girl, and Taylor's also a big girl, I was like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, it sort of felt like, not that you were sort of in the right, like you, not that, like, not that you have an eating disorder, but like, it. how are they talking to the big girl and saying, you don't know what it's like to have, uh, food issues or body issues. <laughs> and you know I, I mean? love that you pointed out that way. Yeah. Um, in the moment, honestly, we were, we had a very um, emotional cast this year, very Pumbaya. We touched on some very sensitive issues in the workroom. And honestly, I just like to have fun. And when things get really emotional or awkward, I like to, um, I like to run my mouth and try to make things funny and positive. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of that moment. I tried to throw a joke out. And it became a sensitive matter. To me, honestly, um, you know, I got defensive because I was like, why are y'all trying to make me look bad? Like, that was a joke. Like, you know, we're, we're all drag queens, we're men in dresses, et cetera. That was my mentality mm-hmm. um, without thinking that maybe they had been through something emotional. And then I was kind of annoyed, too, with the same effects because I was like, girl, I am the biggest bitch in this room. <laughs> and just because my eating disorder is the other direction yeah. don't mean I don't know what it's like. You know, I mean, I've been through phases in my life where, you know, I've I've done some pretty harmful things to my body as far as eating to try to lose weight, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe even a touch of bulimic tendencies at a younger age, you know, because it's something I saw, like, in in um, mainstream, I was like, okay, let's try it. And it was an insecurity I dealt with my whole life until I became an adult. And now, you know, I celebrate my size and I celebrate who I am. And it's something that I choose to be. That's something I had to realize and learn too, you know. But I guess other girls, I think where I was in the wrong is that some people are as comfortable with themselves, whether they're smaller or bigger. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I would have taken a moment to think about that in the processing of that moment. You know, but other than that, bitch, they need to grow up and learn how to take a joke. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's another question I have for you. When you, you know, during the princess challenge, when Aja did that momentous, amazing historical speech, this is a question more about the production, though, kind of when you're watching that happen live, are you like, oh, bitch, this is making it in the show? Like, did you honestly, realize how big it was? Pardon yeah, me? I, I honestly thought, oh, God, the fans are going to be so over you, bitch. You're making yourself look crazy. That's what I thought in my mind, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, girl, the first meltdown of the season. Um, and I think a part of us, we know the show well enough mm-hmm. where I, I assumed it would make it. You know, it was, it was a meltdown moment. I didn't think it was going to be as iconic as it was. Mm-hmm. But we also didn't have a very dramatic season, so every little bit of drama that happened became very iconic, you know? But don't you think the drama 
built up to a fever pitch because one of the things I was going to say is, you know, I was at the finale and I saw. So when I watched the reunion, I knew what had happened, you know, and I remember thinking watching Shay and Trinity and I'm sure we'll get to Trinity in a second. But watching Shay and Trinity at the reunion, knowing what I knew, I was like, oh, they're the gloves are off. You know, they're like, well, I'm not winning. So I'm going to go in at the reunion. Did you sort of feel that way, too? Uh Oh, yeah, honey, the girls were ready to play their part, you know, and say what they had been setting on for a while, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, why not? It, it was their last opportunity to make good TV. I mean, it was the end of this road and this chapter. So I definitely think the girls were just ready to say and do anything to try to be entertaining, you know, and get to the point, show people what they want to see, you know. Mm-hmm. Taylor, do you have any questions or any questions from the chat room? Yes, I have a I have a couple of questions. Um, uh, bring back Joey wants to know your last name is O'Hara. Are you in the same drag fa- family as Fifi? No, sadly, I've never even met her. I don't even okay. know her. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't I don't I know who that is. Isn't that Mar- the Mariah Carey coat? I don't even know her. So yeah, um, we no, have a- I I've never even met her. So okay, um, my last name O'Hara comes from uh, my drag father Todd O'Hara and the movie. Gone with the Wind, because okay. I love hoop skirts and diva drama. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a big, beautiful Southern belle, so that makes complete sense that that's O'Hara. I know. You know, growing up, I always wanted to be Miss Scarlett, <laughs> Um Katie wants to know, would Eureka have prepared reveals like Sasha and Peppermint did in the finale? Oh, baby, if y'all would have let my big ass up on that stage for the finale, y'all would have, your jaws would have been on the floor. <laughs> I'd have given everything this powerhouse can give, and I hope that I get that opportunity. So everyone will just have to wait and see. Oh, we have I'm a not going to of... reveal too much right now. Yeah, we have a bunch of questions about season ten, but so I'm, we're going to save yeah. those towards the end. Um, uh, J- Jamil uh, wants to know, it, uh, and if you don't feel comfortable answering this, that's okay. But who do you who did you vote Peppermint. for for Miss Congeniality? Peppermint. Peppermint. Okay. Um, honestly, Peppermint and Cynthia. I honestly think Cynthia should have just got it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> because she's literally the most congenial and sweetest person. If you don't like Cynthia Lee Fontaine, you're a horrible person. <laughs> That's how I feel. Now, Eureka, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to say this. I think I've, I've interviewed Eureka twice. I love her. I think she's one of the nicest, uh, sweetest people ever. Okay? And I'm, I'm not just doing it to uh, blow smoke uh, up your ass. I have a question is this is my experience with you and as we can tell farah feels the same way and certain other drag queens from this season feel the same way too but what is it with you and trinity like i think you're the sweetest person why does trinity have such a problem with you um well we have like some old pageant blood you know and we competed together on the national level. The year she won Entertainer of the Year, I got second runner-up. Um, and then we, we just kind of ended up crossing paths randomly um, at other pageants. And, you know, I would win categories, and she wouldn't think that I deserved to win certain categories because, you know, she had a mentality that she was above and better than me. And I have a mentality where I say fuck you to people like that. And it just... <laughs> You know, when you have those two types of personalities, they're not going to mesh well. Um, I will say, in our relationship defense, with this process, I think that Trinity has learned to open up, and a lot of her insecurities and stuff have diminished through this experience, which makes her more likable in my eyes. And she's also developed a lot more respect for me as an entertainer 
So I don't want to say that we're besties now, and you know we're we're not going to be like writing each other love notes. But we do have a lot more respect for each other than we ever did before because of this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes people just don't mesh. And honestly, it might have even been, and it might even be, that we're a lot alike, too. You know, but oh. we look at things in different ways. Mm-hmm. She's very standoffish and reserved, and I'm very outgoing and loud. So even though we're a lot alike, pageantry, drag, our history... We have different personalities, which causes us to clash because we think about things completely opposite direction. You know. Okay. Uh, we have a question from a listener, Dean, who says, "How staged was your exit? Exit? Were you aware you were being dismissed before Rue made the dramatic exit and returned to make the announcement, or was that a complete surprise to you?" No, it was a surprise. I will say that I'm a human being that's intellectual, so there were certain signs that were making me feel like something might happen. One, I was in a lot of pain. Two, the doctor had already told me that I tore my ACL, but I told him, you know, I wanted to stay. He he had suggested to me that I left the competition, and of course I wasn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought, I had to do crutches, so I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to be lip-syncing for my life. It's going to probably make me falter, but I'm going to fight through it anyway. I mean, the producers and all, they knew very much that for me, I was like, Maybe I will crutch my way to the top if I have to. I don't care, you know. And um, so when I was safe, you know, if you watch that episode again, you'll notice in my face I had a lot of relief because I was worried I was going to be in the bottom because, you know, I wasn't able to um, perform to my highest abilities in the uh, Kardashian the musical. Luckily, it came through, okay, yeah. and I wasn't the worst. Um, so I was safe. And then when she left, I honestly thought that either – Cynthia and Sarah were both going home because maybe they did worse in the challenge than I thought, or they were both staying or, you know, you never know was real. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause she was gone for a good 20 minutes and we were just waiting there. It's like, okay, where's mama? And she comes back. And so when she called me, it was a huge surprise, but there was a piece of my mind that was like, Oh wow. You know, they don't really have a choice. So I kind of knew in my mind, but no one had said anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, when she called um, you up and said, could you step forward, did you think, oh, that's it, I'm, I'm going home? Well, I was actually trying to think back. I was like, what have I done wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, please don't be another Willow. Please don't be another Willow. <laughs> I said, girl, I should have asked for that extra smoke break. I should have took them snacks home with me to the hotel. <laughs> I was thinking, my mind, thinking all these crazy things. Um, but honestly, she released me in the most respectful way possible, and... I thank them because if I would have stayed and hurt myself worse, then my process to heal would have been much worse. And I'm at a point now where I'm I'm healed. I'm still gaining strength back, but I'm doing really good. And I'm back to dancing and I'm, you know, feeling normal again. It was hard. I had to have ACL reconstruction surgery. So it was legit, you know, and they were looking out for my best interest. And they took really good care of me. Um, we have a question from Marcos who says, which season nine queens would you like to see on an All-Stars 3? Um, definitely Valentina and Shay would probably be my top two picks. I okay. think that Shay has a lot to give and this experience she's learned a lot from her. She's amazingly talented. And I definitely think that Valentina could have went all the way, you know. Yeah. 
So it'd be interesting to see what she would bring after this experience, too. Okay. Uh, Yellow Phoenix asks a question. What other jobs do you do to supplement your drag career before going on the show? Or just d- doing drag in general? What? Because I know that that could be very costly as far as gowns and makeup and all that sort of stuff. What do you do to... What do you do for a living, girl? That's what they want to know. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, um, now, of course, I'm doing drag full-time. Um, I Before I was going to school full-time, I was working on campus, um, doing event coordination, uh, TA assistant type work. And then I was sewing for people, creating costumes for local girls and out-of-town girls to make that extra money. I've always been a very business-forward type person. Um, I was dressing girls in pageants. I mean, really, I was doing anything I could to make a dollar, you know, to survive and make money. Um, and then doing drag full-time as well. Okay. So what song, of the three songs on the, on the finale, which would you have liked to have done the most? Not necessarily who would you have wanted to compete it against, but which of them did you think to yourself, oh, I could have turned that shit out if I was up there? Um, I love So Emotional, but I still think It's Not Right, But It's Okay would have been really fun. Because it's got a little bit more of an upbeat, and I like to dance, so I would have wanted to uh, perform to something where I could show off my assets. Okay, okay. I, I, I always have nerdy questions, I'm sorry. My That's questions okay. are always like... No, I love like, that. Yeah. I don't mind. My question is more I mean, like... I'm here for you, baby. You uh, abuse me, you I'm nerd. telling you, I love you, Eureka. I, I swear I'm going to marry Eureka one day. So... <laughs> My question is, get in line, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn Samoa in for around the building. <laughs> now, you know, when you when you I, I'm really interested in the first time stuff. Like so when you walk into the workroom for the first time or when you're on that stage for the first time and the first lip sync and you're seeing when you're seeing all that for the first time. Are you what are you what's the emotion going through you when you see RuPaul sitting there as RuPaul, the drag queen, not RuPaul Charles? Oh, my God. I'm going to tell you. In case you haven't noticed, I'm a very, I have a huge heart with a lot of emotion in it, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I, I just, I cry out of happiness a lot in my life. Yeah. So like um, the, the workroom, I walk in, I was so nervous that they had to have me do it all over again. They <gasps> had me to say what I was saying after I'd already come in because I started talking before I was through the doorway. <laughs> so that's a weird thing. Like um, some extra, so I, it was real awkward because they were like, um, we didn't get your audio because you weren't through the doorway. Can you do that again? So I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, <laughs> you know? Um, so that was kind of awkward. And then um, just, you know, obviously being in front of Ruth for the first time, I was so nervous I could die. I remember at one point she was like, um, she asked me in a personal interview, and she wasn't even in drag. It's when she walks up to the table. Yeah. And I think it was um, for the cheerleading challenge. And she was like, do I make you, do I make you nervous? And I was like, Sexually, yes. <laughs> 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 which luckily she laughs because when I'm nervous, I just throw my humor out, which can help. But she, I was shaking like a chihuahua, and she was like, "You know, you're okay. It's fine." And I was like, "Thank you." You know. And then I started loosening up a little more because she's our goddess. You know, um, it's something else. I probably cried in my hotel room a lot, mm-hmm. mostly in my bathtub because I was soaking my feet. Um, I fell asleep in my bathtub a lot. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not a Whitney on us. Now, let me ask I you this. Say, yeah. Well, now, you know, I have a I'll question. I'll draw no too soon. <laughs> now, were you guys as puzzled as we were in the audience when Lisa Kudrow just walked in and walked out of the show? It was a little random, but I didn't even care because I was just like, Robbie Michelle Puffer, you get realness. I've been at the glue for post Give it, bitch. Like, 
I didn't even care. And then I was like, Melly Cat, oh, <laughs> Melly Cat. <laughs> but it was a little awkward, kind of. Um, we, I expected her to be maybe a guest judge, and then we didn't see her again. And I think the girls, we even kind of talked about it, we were like, what was up with Lisa? And <laughs> we were like, I guess she wasn't kidding when they said they saw her on the lot. And it was like, hey, come in and do a little spot. <laughs> um, do you guys talk about the production at all when you're in the workroom, or are you not allowed to? Um, yeah, I mean, we can talk about production and stuff, like in our down times. Mm-hmm. We can't talk a whole lot, you know, yeah. about um, things going on in the show because we, you know, they like us to talk about it on camera so that it can be obviously more realistic. They don't want us going through these conversations and then be like, hey, can y'all talk about that again on camera? Yeah. You know, they really, um, despite what people think, production and the editors and the um, producers, they all work so hard to um, keep us from not being realistic and genuine on camera. You know, they do everything in their power to make sure everything is authentic as humanly possible. And people don't believe that, but it is true. They really, really do. Well, and that kind of leads into a question that we have from uh, Alder Reading, which is how produced are the mirror moments? It always seems like there's a tragic story right before Rue enters uh, uh, the runway. So is that where they kind of, you know, how, how does that come to be where it seemed like every week there was something that had happened with, with one of the queens that became a focus of that moment? Honestly, it's just how the cards unfold, weirdly. Like, you know, a moment happens and it just happens. That's the crazy thing about the show is, you know, one thing, I mean, literally one thing can change an entire episode that might happen, like me getting injured or like the Valentina thing, her not expecting to be in the bottom and then had the most epic, like, lip sync moment ever. And then, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just, it's honestly, it's crazy because even the producers you'll see running around like a chicken with their heads head off, like, holy shit, I can't believe that happened. Holy shit, like, what are we doing, <laughs> you know? So um, it's just, it's really just, you know, they have to roll with it. So whatever we give them, you know, they can't, they can't take anything from what we do on this show that we don't give them as individuals and characters. And that's what's so special, I think, about the show and why people get so uh, emotionally involved is because, you know, you don't have no option to because you're literally seeing these people at their true vulnerable moments, you know? Go ahead, Taylor. Uh, We have have a question that might not make sense to you, but will make sense to our listeners, okay? And that is, it, it is from Jamil Lazardo. And he or she, I'm not sure which, wants to know, what is your favorite Golden Girls episode? Oh, okay. Um, my favorite Golden Girls episode, I don't know. I don't know if I have one. Really, I love them all. I can't think of one specific. Okay, who's your favorite What's character your favorite? on Golden Girls? Forky. I love her. She's such a bitch and, like, in control. And <laughs> it's okay. hard not to love her. I don't know. She's a mom. I love the mom character. I feel very motherly. Now, Eureka, okay. when you were watching the show and you watched the season... Do you feel, I don't want to put you on the spot with any one queen, but, do, but you know, there are, there are some that are very popular and there are some that people do not like at all. Um, do you feel that they were accurately, that the, that the pretty much the, the, even the caricature of their character was accurate? Did you, did you, did you feel anyone got an unfair representation? Um, no, I think everyone, the way they acted is how they came through on TV. I think some of the girls might not have realized that's what the way they were acting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there, I think there are moments where the girls forgot, like, oh, yeah, I'm mic'd and there's cameras on me in mm-hmm. every moment of the workroom. Uh, and, you know, when the tensions are high and the vulnerability is there, it just comes out naturally without you even wanting it to. 
And then um, there are some, some girls try to produce themselves, mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't usually work out for them because it comes across very fake. And it usually comes across negative in a way. Like Kimora, mm-hmm. she is not how she came across on the show. Oh, really? As a person, yeah. As a person, she's very sweet. She's humble. She's hardworking. You know, she comes from a hardworking background. She uh, has established herself as a max makeup artist, you know, just fighting her way to the top. And, you know, um, but she tried, I think, to give this Kim Kardashian diva kind of bitchy pretty girl that happens to be a slut character and tried to produce that because she thought that it's what people wanted to see from her without realizing that we just wanted to see who she is as a person and who she is as enough. Um, I, I'm sure she feels that way, too. Um, you know, but I think she's a really good example, because she's not a lot like she came across on the show at all. You know, Eureka, I was at the finale. And actually, this might be a moment where I have a question for Eureka about the finale, but yet she might not know totally the, everything I'm saying. Because when right before Eureka walked out, you know, one of the things people don't realize is the runway lo- walk is so much longer than they show on television. It's you have to walk all the way out, then walk all the way back. And so... You know, with the people that came up before Eureka, they got some decent applause and then it died down because it was so long. People just got tired. But with Eureka, and I'm leading up to something here, when she came out in that elephant outfit, Taylor, the entire audience, and Eureka might not know that every queen didn't get this, leapt to its feet, gave her a standing ovation the entire time all the way out, all the way back. They were just on their feet for Eureka. She is so beloved, Okay. Mm-hmm. But but Eureka, what was the atti- but Eureka, what was the attitude like backstage when certain people I don't want to say who would embarrass them, uh, even one that went very far got very little or almost like golf clap applause. Was there? What did they comment on it at all? Or I don't know. I mean, sometimes I'm gonna be honest. When I'm feeling my moment, I don't pay attention to nobody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I think that um, there were like a couple moments, like you know. I think um, Alexis Michelle didn't get as loud of a scream as I thought she would. I mm-hmm. think she went really far, and uh, her exit put a bad taste in people's mouth, which I hate because she's actually extremely lovable and very talented person. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe her, and then um, that's the only one I probably noticed. How about when you guys were on stage on w- waiting there, and they had to do a second take of RuPaul entering, and the, during the downtime, the audience was chanting Valentina. Did, did you feel the queens were uncomfortable? or? Yeah, I definitely think it was uncomfortable for us, and I think it was even uncomfortable for Valentina, because what do you do in that moment? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, when Mama is about to come out, and they're chanting for you, mm-hmm. you know, I think she could have acknowledged the audience at least once and like, kind of told them to not, you know, to simmer down or something. But, again, that's not her responsibility. But, I don't know. I mean, it it wasn't necessarily uncomfortable for me. I'm very proud of Valentina. I think she's a golden and beautiful person. I know her personally. But, um, you know, some of the girls don't have that same connection with her that I luckily do. Mm-hmm. You know, but I understand her drive and her passion to want to be successful. And sometimes that can come across as bitchy. But I would rather you be a little bitchy and fight for what the fuck you want mm-hmm. than be catty and shady because you can't get what you want on your own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, what do you think was going I on have behind all the love and respect for her? What do you think was going on behind the scenes that they that the the queens didn't connect with her? Did she just kind of stay to herself? Or um, yeah, I mean she she was very careful of who she um, 
developed relationships with. She wasn't, she's not the type of person that has an open door. You know, she has some walls up, so she's mm-hmm. a little guarded, mm-hmm. and she likes to protect herself. I think she's probably, you know, been through a lot in her life that we haven't gotten a chance to learn about. And, you know, I've learned some mm-hmm. um, because of knowing her more personally. And I just think she's someone who has some guards up, and, and she likes genuine people that have her best interests at heart. And if you don't come across as that person, then she just won't really, you know, um, invest any of her time in you. She's just very that way. Mm-hmm. You know, she's protective of herself. Now, Taylor, do we have any more questions from the chat room? Then we'll yes, we, can let- we do. And I j- okay. We have one from Donna Powdered Sugar, and she asks, do you love the Cootie Browns restaurant in Johnson City? I lived there when I was younger, and that was my favorite restaurant. <laughs> That's so random. No, I hate it because it's all organic. <laughs> okay. Uh, monkey... I don't like black beans and all that bullshit. Okay. <laughs> monkey wants to know, what other reality competition shows would you like to be cast on, if any? Um, I mean, honestly, girl, call me and sign me up for any gig. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I would do just about anything except Fear Factor. I will not do something like Fear Factor. <laughs> Um, uh, and I don't want to do the amazing race. I do not want my fat ass running across the country some bullshit. I don't want to do that. I do not want to do Survivor. Like, put me on something that's fun, like real world. Let's bring that back. You know, I can get you some shit for that. Or, uh, I, you know, Housewives of Tennessee, girl, let's get the Southern Bell gig in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Dean, Dean also asks, what was your reaction to Charlie's shut up moment on Untucked? Was it what we saw, or was anything edited out of that? No, nothing was edited. They really didn't show that moment, because, honey, in my mind, you know, I wanted to snap back at her, but in my mind, I was just thinking about my mama and her being like, don't you dare (laughs) yell or raise your voice to that old lady. (laughs) (laughs) And I just knew, and that's why I was like, looking at the distance, just blinking, because I was like, honey... If my mama sees me yell at my elder, she will cuss me out. I, I got no time. I know Charlie's just stressed out. You know, in my mind, I try to process things before I react. I don't like to raise my voice at people ever mm-hmm. um, because that means they got something out of me that's not who I am. And I feel like they take a piece of me. So if I feel that way, that's why I just kind of, I'll look off, honey, and think about it and process it in my mind and be like, okay, that was a little intense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, um, well, we definitely have some questions about season 10. And I know, you know, you're very limited in what you can talk about, obviously. But you had mentioned early on tonight that you had about a two week window from the time you got the phone call to the time you were in Los Angeles to start filming. This you've had from last summer until you've had almost a year. So rather than two weeks, you've had almost a year. So I guess my question is, is that amount of time now an advantage to prepare or a disadvantage? I think because I've been through this experience, I'm going to have a business um, knowledge that is an advantage. I think on the other hand, though, where my disadvantage is going to come in is the fact that, one, I don't know what any of the runway looks are, and I won't know what any of those are until I get the list, just like the other girls. Um, The best I can be doing is preparing, like, maybe hair or certain looks that might have happened in previous seasons, like having a best drag look, things like that. But other girls have that advantage to have those things prepared as well. The one thing that's the biggest disadvantage for me is what made Eureka so special on season nine 
if no one had seen her before, you mm-hmm. know, so I'm going to have to fight tooth and nail to really shine this, this, um, this go around because they already know what I'm about. They know I'm big. They know I'm, they know I have a certain style aesthetic or body or, you know, all the positive that's, you know, about Eureka. So what am I going to do and how hard am I going to have to fight prove that I deserve to go all the way for a second season? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they're not going to allow it to be easy on me. They're not going to make, they're not going to allow it to look like it was all planned. They're going to make it hard on me, you know, and I'm going to have to fight for it and I'm willing to fight for it, you know? So that's an advantage I have because that's who I am as a person is I'm willing to fight for it. So, but honestly, I think there's more disadvantage than actual advantage, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, Taylor, let's leave it to one more question and we'll let her go and then we have some things to talk about uh, when we wrap up. Okay. Uh, my, my, I guess my final question I have for you is where do you see the future of drag going? Eureka? Eureka? Can you hear me? Oh, no, we oh, can hear you, hear you now. Okay. Okay, sorry. Um, I see the future of drag going in the same direction that it is now. I think we're going to see it more and more in media and I think it's because Gender fluidity is going to become more and more of a part of our social society, and that's what's going to cause the doors for drag to continue to open up. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, that's uh, all I got. Well, well, well you know, you're, well, Taylor, I feel badly now because is there one, is there any question that we missed in the chat room or anything that was interesting before we have to go or anything? Um, I, uh, I can you talk a little? I, can you talk a little bit? I saw a question back here about being sequestered and what that's like. What that's I mean, are you just kind of kept your you're not allowed to converse with the other queens outside of filming or how does that work? Yeah, it's very different. It's hard. Um, you know, when we're not filming it on the studio, we're in our hotel rooms and it's not good for us to communicate and hang out with each other outside of filming because we might talk about things or work through things that need to be done on film to make it more realistic. So Everything's done to help ensure to make the show completely authentic. So you are very separated. When you're alone, you're alone, you know. And um, depending on how you are with your insecurity position or your strength or mental stability, you've got to be able to contain yourself and not get in your head and, you know, not stress, not worry, and take advantage of your downtime and get your rest and, um, you know, try not to let the inner saboteur take hold (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you can't really, you know, you can't call up your mama or your sister or your best friend or the person that you usually use to help you through things because most of us have someone or something, you know, that we do to do that. Um, So you have to, you have to learn how to do it on your own. So it can, it can make for it to be a little emotional in that room with yourself. But does the production get like a, do they get a, um, how do I say um, a weekend? Are there like, are there entire days where you're sequestered? Um, I mean, we do have days off, but they're really good about you know they'll take us a couple sets at a time to like pool time, and we're given like gym time, things like that. Oh, okay, that's so, that's good. All right, and we they have... make sure that we're fed every meal, and you know they deliver it. We have TV and music and stuff like that um, in our room, so it's not like you're in like a padded room with nothing, you know. So. They try to make it as comfortable as they can without affecting the authenticity of filming. Okay. 
Well, Eureka here, I gotta tell you, you something. Know? Taylor, do you have one more thing to say? I hear I see, I see no, it open mouth. I was saying we got we gotta yeah. wrap up, unfortunately. So Ta- Eureka, uh, we could talk to you for hours and hours, but let me tell you this. We have to thank you so much. I mean, look, once again, testament to your popularity that you broke this goddamn stream. You can now put that on your <laughs> resume. And oh, um, and uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for talking to us, and thank you, thank you for asking your questions. And if anything, I can, I can speak for Taylor and all the fans. Best of luck on season ten. Yes, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that a lot, and thank you all for your time as well. So I look forward to chatting again soon. All right, I was going to say, I, I hope that we can have you on after season ten, and we can talk about that experience versus season nine. We would love to talk to you some more. Yeah, that'll be fun. I look forward to it. All right, thank you, Eureka. All right, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh my gosh, Taylor, <laughs> that was awesome. That was amazing. That, that was every- awesome. Everybody should know Taylor and I had a contingency plan in case what happened happened with the stream, and so we immediately went into that contingency plan and started recording the show. Uh, and so anyone who was listening that subscribes to the show, you will hear the entire show. So this is about ten to fifth, about ten minutes, right, Taylor? Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, about 10 minutes that you guys didn't hear, but we recorded because we, we, we also knew that our, our time with Eureka was limited and we didn't want So we were like, OK, worst case scenario, we record a whole hour and we release it later. So there's about 10 minutes you guys didn't hear. And we want to thank you guys for being uh, on it. But, you know, I want to tell you guys something else. Um, I want to tell you because we're wrapping up the season pretty soon that it has been my total pleasure working with Taylor the Latte Boy and uh Taylor. <laughs> Our new permanent co-host of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Is there anything you want to tell your loyal subjects? Uh, no. <laughs> I can't think of anything off the top of my head. <laughs> God damn you. Well, God damn you. Everyone in the chat room, if you can't love yourself... How in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen in the chat room? Amen. Now let the music play. I want everyone to check out Taylor's show that's happening uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. But also, everybody, please stick around for the girls from Greetings from Nowhere. They, it would mean a lot to them if you could just listen to their show as well. Taylor, take it us out. Shantae away until next week. Did I say Shantae away? <laughs> <laughs>